I was lost. Literally. I had wandered into the overgrown corn maze that Holt had set up to earn some extra cash. Trouble was, nobody came. You are listening to Southbound, a Simon Fogg mystery. Produced by Jake Irwin and written by Billy Francis. Episode 2. There's someone in the room upstairs. Everywhere I turned I came face to face with corn. It was like being backstage at a heavy metal festival in the late 90s. All of a sudden, I heard the faint tapping of a keyboard. Not knowing what else I could do, short of giving myself up to the vultures circling above, I followed my ears. The music. I could hear it now. Just like the white winged dove sings a song sounds like she's singing. Who? 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 I was out of the maze and approaching the house again. Hot was nowhere to be seen, so I kept following the music. Inside the house, I went up the stairs. The floorboards battered with nails, bashed to the side. Picture on the wall showed the image of a family smiling happily together. Holt in his twenties, maybe, proudly carrying a young girl on his shoulders. She could only have been his daughter. Skeeter at the back. And his wife. His wife. Just like the white-winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, baby, ooh, said ooh. I reached the door, rattled the handle and the music stopped. It was just getting to the good bit, I said. Can I ask who's playing? The room was empty. Alt appeared on the stairs behind me. So are you looking for something? Oh, I was just seeing where that music was coming from. What you talking about? There was a scurrying sound inside, followed by a slam and a lock bolt and shut. What's that? Ain't no music. If I'm gonna find out who committed this murder, Holt, you need to start being honest with me. He lunged forward with his arm, narrowly missing my head by an inch or two. Ah! Missed. Sure didn't. He opened his fist and inside was a large cockroach. Holt walks off in the other direction. I could have sworn I saw him raise his hand up to his mouth. I was shook. I needed to get out of that place for a while. Feel some sort of normality. I asked Holt if he could give me a ride into town. I was going to see if anyone knew anything. Shake a few trees and see what fell out. He said he would. He had to go in to see his lawyer anyway. What about? Seeing him about some nunya. Who's that? None your business. Holt's truck jolted into life as I pushed it down the main driveway. 
that my trousers didn't get away so cleanly. Alt dropped me off downtown and said he'd meet me in the same spot later to take me home. I needed to get to the place where all the rumours get spread around in these small towns. The Watering Hole. In this case, the bar was quite literally called The Watering Hole. It was one of the only businesses still open in the town. The door swung open and I was greeted by the comforting blast of cool air from the cranked up aircon. Hey honey, what'll you have? Kombucha. Neat. It's fermented tea packed with live culture. You got Bud Light, and if you're feeling fancy, but heavy. I'll take a Bud Light. After a sip of my ice cold beverage, I turn to the room. Which one of you knows anything about the septic tank murder? It fell silent. Suddenly over the jukebox. Who, who, who put that on? The back door swung open and closed quickly. I downed my beer and headed for the exit. You gotta pay for that. I pretended I hadn't heard the barmaid, especially as I had no money and never had any intention of paying for the beer. I ran as fast as my legs could carry me, which would be considered a slow jog to most. Out the back door was an alleyway. I glimpsed the sight of the back of a head turning onto the main street. By the time I reached the street, the mysterious person had disappeared. But there was something on the floor. Unfortunately, my first clue in this case had fallen directly into a dog egg, still warm, and tried to retrieve the object from inside. I pulled it out slowly. It was a piece of sweet corn. Dogs don't eat sweet corn. Next to my dog shit lay a business card. I picked it up. Sally J. Raphael and a number. Ooh, boy, you smell like shit. Nice to see you too, Holt. Did you find anything? Not sure. Did you find anything? I'll start being honest with you when you start being honest with me. That's the only way I'm going to solve this damn thing. Uh, uh, Hold on now. Who is paying who? He had me there. Well, Holt, I found a business card. I took it out of my pocket and handed it to him. He refused to touch it. (laughs) I ain't touching that. Why? Don't want to get your prints on it, Holt. It's covered in shit, numbnuts. Sally J. Raphael. You know that name? Holt paused for a while, as if in a trance. Boy, I should never have wasted my damn money on you. We arrived at the house. You could cut the tension with a knife. I had to find something soon or I had that feeling that Holt was going to send me packing before I'd even unpacked. No dinner tonight, Si. Denise ain't feeling too good.
With that, I was alone, closest house 10 miles away, my little apartment gathering dust across the Atlantic Ocean. I wonder if my ex-wife has missed my daily calls. Sure, most of them are just heavy breathing, but there must be a part of her that enjoys them. The silence was only broken by the sound of frogs making love in the distance. At least, I hoped it was frogs. I needed to solve this case and sort my life out. Give up the scratch cards, go vegan, write a book, make a pod. The room upstairs. There's someone in the room upstairs. Holt, is that you? Holt? It's not Holt. Oh, Holt? No, it's not. Right then. I slowly walked up the stairs and glanced to the side. The picture of the family was gone. Probably just Holt reframing it or something. At the top, I heard the song again, only now it sounded eerier. Just like a white winged dove, that sort of thing. I walked down the corridor and the lights flickered. I hadn't felt this alone since my internet went down for a couple of hours last July. My heart was beating fast and out of time like a group of white hippies with dreadlocks in a public park in August. I needed the bathroom, but it was downstairs. Maybe I could come back after... No. Come on. I needed to solve this thing. I had to find out as much as through my own curiosity as anything else. The door was ajar. I slowly reached forward and pushed it open. The light switch didn't work. Of course it didn't. What is it that teacher once said to me? Happiness can be found in the darkest of places. If only one remembers to turn on the light. I, no, that was Dumbledore actually. Yeah, Dumbledore said that. He was a teacher technically, but... I fumbled around the dark room until I found a lamp on the wall. Flicked it on. It was one of those low energy bulbs and only gave the room a sort of orange hue. On the bed was the picture of the family. I picked it up. They were all standing there. Still smiling. Except... Skeeter's face had been scribbled out. Skeeter. Skeeter. I ran to the door and it swung closed. I pulled and rattled on it. It wouldn't open. Eventually it came crashing towards me and hit me on the top of the head. Fuck this. No. Get fucked, whoever that was. Turned the stairs into an escalator with the speed of my descent. Skeeter! I searched the downstairs rooms until I finally came back to our bedroom. I slowly pulled back the covers and saw Skeeter lying there. 
Oh, thank fuck. He still has his head. Oh, Skeeter, you still have your head, mate. Sweet Skeeter. Skeeter, I shock him. Nothing. I fell for a pulse and couldn't find one. I listened for a breath, but nothing was coming out. Just the sound of my own heart beating. And the frogs fornicating all around me. Southbound is written by Billy Francis and produced by Jake Irwin. Music and sound design by Jake Irwin. This week's episode featured Billy Francis as Simon Fogg, Jake Irwin as Holt, and Madeline Legweek as the barmaid. <laughs>